Welcome to the Refresh Podcast, the refresh look at like spiritual applications. My name is Jonas Adams. I'm here with Anthony Sanders and Jeff Sherrill. How you guys doing, man? All right, all right. What's going down, man? How you doing, brother? Um, to everyone listening, we have been laughing for like 20 minutes already. So at least. Um, please bear with us. Please. We are a work in progress. God is not finished with us yet, we hope. Because uh-uh. we obviously uh-huh. need a lot of work. Well, I'll, speak for, I'll speak for myself. I need a lot as of work. Joe, as Jonas likes to say every morning, God got us. Every morning. I, it's, people think I'm like telling y'all. I'm telling me. Bro. I'm reminding myself. That's real, man. Because I need some work. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got real. a whole lot of sense. Oh, goodness gracious. It seems like my peers don't have. A, is that what I attract? I attract people that don't all, that also don't have a lot of sense. I mean, if we count, <laughs> yeah, do we count in that number? Then uh, yeah, I'd say yes. Yes, yeah. you guys definitely count. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain. Yeah, there's probably some empirical psychological evidence that suggests that we find each other because of our diff- difficulties or issues or whatever they are. I think somebody made it real simple and said something like birds of a feather flock oh. together. There it is. There it is. Peas we flocking. We flocking and we potting. Get it? Let go. Ticket. Right. Let ticket. go. Y'all, y'all ain't ready to do the science. Y'all are not ready to do the math. We doing it. Anyway, today we're supposed Two to be talking about marriage. Three. Wait, we doing the math? Okay, keep going. I was doing some math. I was doing carry some one. math. Don't forget That's... to carry that one. You gotta uh, carry that one. Let's see. You gotta do a square root somewhere in there. Yeah. And if it's not within the absolute value of the number... Yeah, it is. We, right, can up. we can make some fractions out of it. Yeah. That's too nah. much math for me, y'all. I'm out of school. All right. Well, okay. We're supposed to be talking about marriage, y'all. If y'all haven't are. already um, figured that out through all the yeah. clues we just gave y'all, it should have been easy to figure out that we're supposed to be talking about should've marriage, today, right? If nothing Man. else, they read the title. If nothing else. <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah. What's funny is that we were doing math problems and marriage is the absolute most complicated math problem that I've ever tried to solve. Dude, are you trying to solve it? And I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm supposed to try to solve it. That's my job. You, you solving the problem? I'm good. trying to. I'm gl- we glad you're here. Do the science. <laughs> give, them the, give them the science. I'm glad we're talking about it. I've, I've wanted to talk about this with y'all. For a little bit, I know we wanted to start off um, with our pod one way, and I think we did that successfully. Yep. Um, but we were talking about marriage. Um, y'all, my, y'all, my therapy. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not joking. But um, you know, marriage is it's uh, something that we're all familiar with. The three of us. Yep. We obviously are all three married. We've seen marriages be successful. We've seen marriages be unsuccessful. Um, So I want to just I wanted to just wrap with y'all about it, about this thing called marriage, Um, just our experiences. I don't know that we can really um, successfully talk about other people's experiences. Right. You know, we can talk about what we've seen in other people's experiences but like how they experienced it we can't really do that that's with anything let alone marriage um well i think that's because everybody's marriage is different ain't that it and and marriage is so complex too super complex and it just all depends on 
the two people involved, or, you know, of course you could take that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of polyamorous relationships or whatever, whatever. We'll just talk about two today. Keep it simple. <laughs> but um, it just Bro, talks, the, I mean, the two, the two people is complex enough. It really is. But there are some similarities within all marriages, but at the same time, there's a lot that is so different and so complex and what's working for me may not work for y'all at all. But then Mm -hmm. there may be some things that's working for me that would absolutely work for y'all and Mm -hmm. vice versa, vice versa between all three of us. So, yeah. And um, what's cool is that we can, we can do this kind of thing. We can have these kind of conversations and, uh, and understand that exact thing, Joe, we can understand that, um, at with some of the stuff that I talk about that has worked for me, y'all may not even thought of because it ain't work for y'all or it, it would not work for y'all. Um, and some of the stuff that did work, y'all might not have thought of, but it you might you might say, hey, that might that might work out. Yeah. I think one of the other characteristics that um is important to bring into play um is we're talking about marriage from the subsystem of the the husband and the wife. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that marriage really doesn't just involve the husband and the wife. It involves the, um, the, the coming together of two families, uh, two systems of families. And that, to me, um, in my line of work, is what I characterize as the ultimate impasse. It's a big challenge to help a couple get to a place where they can see themselves as a unique entity within their family subsystems. So, you know, that's all scientific stuff to say that, yeah, marriage is complicated because it has so many different variables that come into play. That's a lot. It's heavy. It is. We heavy already. That's why we was laughing so much earlier, I guess, to get it out of the way before we, we started hitting record. But I'm going to laugh. laugh again, though. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, because that's all we got. That's all we can do is laugh sometimes because as much as we can sit here and do what a lot of other programs do, whether it's podcasts or TV shows or what have you. And hey, here's what I got my wife for anniversary and talk about all Mm -hmm. the good times. I'm sure that um, when we put this topic on the list, we weren't just talking about how we were going to share all the good times (laughs) about our marriages. Well, in my opinion, you can't do that because that's a lie. Yep. <laughs> and I'll and I'm not good at I'm not good at that. I'm not good at lying. Uh, I don't think I am at least. Um, but marriage is a bunch of good times and frankly, a bunch of tough times. I don't even want to use the word bad times really, but it's they're difficult. Um, and not because not everything that's difficult, not everything that's hard to do, not everything that's tough is, is bad per se. Mm-hmm. There's some bad times in there too, ain't no doubt, but um, a successful marriage from what I've seen and from what I've experienced has had a whole lot of good and a whole lot of difficult. Um, but it's a getting, it's a getting through it that seems to make it a success, the success getting yeah. through those challenges. Well yeah. It's a, it's a, the balancing act, um, of understanding what that even looks like for you as the couple too. Um, you know, just in, in, the, in, in 
when it comes to self-disclosure for my wife and I, we've spent a great deal of time developing the balance. Um, we've been married of all the couples that I know that I actually spend intimate time with. Um, we've been married the longest. Um, we are um, 21 years in on December 31st of this year. So we've got a lot of years of experience with this. But man, the build up to the balance was the absolute craziest process because it's just an evolutionary process. And the immature mind expects it to be um, just we met like this, we stay like this. But when you really get to the brass tacks of what marriage in a relationship is, it's the development of two people that have this um, process of thought that says that where I go, you go, that your God be my God, your people be my people, all of those scriptural um, contexts that come into it. But <clears throat> primarily um, having that understanding and insight of what it means to be supportive and co-supportive and not codependent. Um, and that's that's the key. I, the, the relationships that I see that are struggling or having a hard time really relating um, as it relates to marriage, they're primarily dealing with codependencies or immaturities. Those are the two issues that pretty much um, cause the most uh, challenges within a relationship. When you say codependency, break it down a little bit more. And like, <laughs> you read my like, mind, Jonas. Put a put a yeah. real life application on it. So codependency is basically I need my person to do their thing so that I can do my thing. Um, if you look at it from the addiction model and addiction standpoint, a codependency says that um, if my responsibility is the person that enables the addict to do what they do, then in order for me to feel whole in that commitment or relationship, I've got to be doing things that demonstrate that I'm allowing you or enabling you to be the addict. And then back and when it comes back from the addict, you don't want the addict to change their behavior because mm -hmm. it it disrupts what you do. You get into this uh, conditioned mindset that says this is how I sustain us. And so that's the codependency um, in a relationship, in a marriage. Um, it could be as simple as, um, you know, the wife expects for the husband to go out and work and she expects to really benefit from all of the work that he does, even if she's working. It's not a negative. It's just simply that that's a codependency. Um, however, it's a maturity thing when it comes down to it, like when the wife, um, the husband can't work anymore and the wife is now still depending on the husband to do something that he can't. That codependency mm -hmm. becomes an issue then because she's got to change kind of the way she approaches her um, spouse because he's unable to work. So he's not able to work. So she can't be dependent on him for that thing anymore. Um, you know, and that's a big, broad topic. There's obviously a bunch of different reasons that we could go down a rabbit hole on on that. But ultimately, when I'm thinking about someone that's codependent, I'm saying I need you to be like you and not change so that I can be like me and not change. And that's a problem um, in relationships because in, in, and it's an immature problem in relationships. Um, I think it's also unrealistic. I think the majority of the people, majority of people get married. They're like, okay, I like this person. They're not remembering that they like this person the way they are right now. Mm. You know, like I like who this person is right now. I like everything about them you know, right now, I like what I do for them. I like what they do for me. And I want this forever thing with them 
but they're not thinking about, okay, people change. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you're not willing to allow this person to change and grow, because change doesn't necessarily just mean that they're going to change into something that you don't like. But there may be some things about them that change that you didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing if we're not allowing this person to grow at all or change a little bit? Like, is that even really love at that point? Is that really even the dedication that you signed up for? Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you may change mm-hmm. and you may change in a way that they don't like. Yeah. No That's one true. really seems to think about that beforehand but i think that's like where uh premarital counseling and things like that uh mm-hmm. come into play um but you kind of have to anticipate it huh no i was about to say don't you kind of have to grow as an individual in order to continue to be an individual like i, I i'm hearing i'm hearing that concept that you're saying and i agree with it and i'm just trying to figure out how does that how does that even work for an individual and maybe the is that one of the reasons why marriages end because they do expect them to stay the way that they were when they said yes i'll marry you but as a human like i'm gonna dabble and uh step into jeff's experience um, they, <laughs> they were in their early 20s when they decided that they were going to get married I, I was not mature enough to do um, anything but focus on my studies when I was his age, when he got married mm-hmm. and I am not at any, I won't say on any level, but I am very much a different person than I was. What were y'all 21? I was 22. She was 21. I was a very different person at those ages. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm I was la- even wait for the record. I'm not laughing at Anthony. I'm laughing at who I was right. at 21 and 22. <laughs> Bro, it's please it's continue. So, I apologize. It's just you're all right. It's just so different. Like even, I got married um when I was 26. And I was even in that five-year time frame from 21 to 26, was a a, a very different person just because yeah. I was a different stage in my life. You know, I had um I had achieved a goal, a couple of goals that I had set for my life, for my career path. And it was just like, I I guess I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out for the people who are, who are listening. And for me, like Jonas, when you said, um, you know, people are like, are maybe even in love with that individual as they are, are they really in love with that person if they don't let them turn into, especially since we're coming from a spiritual standpoint, who God has developed, had laid out for them to be in the first place. Is that like, how does, talk about that a little bit. Both of you. Okay. Oh, well, I thought you were talking specifically. Let me, let me go over it. <laughs> the, the, the I was looking like, I was sitting here like, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> um, well, here's the deal. Uh, yeah. I was 20, 22 when I got married. Um, I was not mature. I was not ready for marriage. It was not um, the most prudent decision that I made at the time. Um, And 
I and and it was because of this very aspect, not understanding that when you're mature and you're growing with a person, that changes are going to happen. And surprisingly enough, the most significant st- changes that happen happen early on in the relationship. They happen so quick. You go from being, you know, an, a single individual that pretty much has autonomy to do whatever they want to an individual that's in a partnership that requires communication. My brand of communication was simply, all right, I'm going to do this. I'll be back. And that did not work for Yarnell because um, she needs me to be something different now. She's mm-hmm. not expecting me to be the guy that comes and moves and makes decisions on his own autonomously without actually communicating about it. Um, and then, you know, as she continued to to grow and mature spiritually, um, in some ways I wasn't growing and maturing spiritually as well as uh, emotionally. You know, I was carrying emotional baggage from, you know, childhood to steal, not not just my teen years. I'm talking about you can go back. So there was a lot of immaturity that I had that put a ton of strain on our relationship. Um, and we 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 had to fight through that. And I mean, literally, uh, there were arguments that we were having to try and get us past that point. It took a lot of courage. It took a lot of strength on both of our parts to get to that place. The problem wasn't so much that I didn't expect her to grow because I, I I expected that. I just didn't want it to happen on her terms. I wanted it to happen on my terms. And that's immaturity. That's heavy. Um, you know, yeah. and, and but, but if, if we're honest, everybody's that way. Everybody has that tendency to say, if this is going to change, let it change for the better for me. And I don't really give a crap who it has to affect from there. I, I want it to be good for me. You know, and that's where pathology comes into the relationship as it relates to all of these issues that couples have is because one individual wants to gain more than the other. And that's an issue. So it's like a tug of war. I wouldn't even call it a tug of war, man. This is not a tug. This is like I'm dropping bombs to try and get you to conform. Like literally some guys. And Hmm. I was I can say that safely that I was that guy would say some of the most heinous things to try and get confirmation conformity instead of doing the things that would be required for me to be ready for her change. Instead of as she's changing me adjusting, I was trying to push it back to the boundary that it was at previously and say, yo, don't change. I don't want that. That's not what I'm after. This is what I like. And I want it to be this way. And and that was not, I mean, I'm telling you, that was not good for her. And I, I had to grow up really quick on that one. Wow. That's heavy. Cause it's like a lot of times what you'll hear is the partner trying to change uh, the person that they're trying to marry or whatnot, or they get married. And then they try to change them into the version of them that they want them to be. But yeah. it's also a matter of, no, I like you just like you are right now. Don't ever change. <laughs> well, I mean, it's both though, right? Because mm-hmm. I married you. I, I married this person that I met. I didn't marry this person that you're becoming. I like that you. So don't change away from that. But then it's also, oh, but I like this too. So can you do this? And, you know, there, I mean, one of the biggest challenges that walks into my practice when it comes to couples is, is in the area of the bedroom and what the husband wants versus what the wife is willing to do and really trying to help them work through that. That's another place that they try to change. It's like change for me, but don't change for you. And that's what I mean by that. Mm. What about the, uh, the matter of 
well, you married me this way. Why I got to change? It, there, there's that's again, that's another, in my, <laughs> my opinion, that's another um, uh, issue that couples will have. It's like, I'm not changing. I, this is who I am, you know, and right. I, I know dudes that are like this. I, well, she knew this about me when I got married. Right. Yeah, she did. But she also had this expectation that you could be something different. And she wasn't looking at you for who you were. I think everybody goes into this relationship with this mindset. I wasn't marrying you for who you were. I was marrying you for your potential. Mm -hmm. And and that becomes an issue altogether. I feel like I'm commandeering the whole conversation. Let me back back. Well, (laughs) this is your wheelhouse, though. So (laughs) I'm sitting sitting here being quiet because y'all punched me in the chest like twice. (laughs) And I don't appreciate it. I think we all been punched in the chest. <laughs> well, yeah. it's this, it's this particular, it's this particular um, uh, comment that you made, Jonas. Last, like, this is who I was. Like, I'm, I am not, um, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm one that cannot. Because, like I told y'all just a minute ago, I am not the exact same person, but I got the same tendency. I got tendencies, um, and. It, it's these tendencies that have gotten me to be um, where I am in life. And some of them are not, uh, are not great. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. They're not, um, they're not necessarily beneficial to the people that are around me. And um, knowing that it was, well, not even knowing, but coming to the realization that some of those were um, in fact harmful to my wife, who I'm telling folks that I love, who I'm telling directly that I love, but then not being willing to um, adjust some of the things, not even adjust, change completely some of the things that I um, can change that I am learning or have, have identified or that she has identified more importantly that are uh, harmful to her. Um, and then I have to question, am I doing this thing? Uh, I won't say, well, that's how I, cause that's how I ask myself questions. Am I doing this correctly? Am I doing this for, uh, for the benefit of the people that I claim to love? Cause like y'all said earlier, uh, Jeff, I think you said it, the, um, the marriage, we are coming at it from the, um, uh, two persons that are involved. But in reality, it is not just involving those two persons. You are, um, when the two become one, you are becoming a part of that family and they're becoming a part of your family. And as we've talked about in other podcasts, family ain't just um, who has your, who shares your bloodline, right? So you're, except you got to be willing to um, accept all of the people that she would call family. And the way my wife is, she got a lot of people that she calls family because she's just a, 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 an outgoing and an expanding kind of a person. Um, and I've brought some people with me. I'm not my expanded family is not as big as her expanded family. Uh, I keep my circle tight. But the, re- the reality is that what we do, um, how we behave all of that for our spouses directly can impact or can directly impact that expanded family too, that immediate family and that expanded family. And so again, coming to that realization 
it was not easy figuring out like, oh man, I need to be uh, different in this way so that I can make sure that she is um, whole. Like she was a whole person when I met her. She was a whole person when I married her and she's continued to be a whole person, but she has become part of my person and I have become part of her person because again, the two became one. So if I am damaging, like I would hardly ever intentionally do something to myself, like my personal body that would inflict harm, be damaging to it. Now, why would I do that to my wife? Right. And that, and that was the, and that was the challenge. That's when y'all hit me. Cause I mean, there are still some things now that I'm like, well, this, this me, <laughs> like, why, why should yeah. I change? Yeah. Like what you mean? This has been working for me forever. Yeah. But sometimes I think, um, part of being married is so that you have someone there to make you realize that what you think has been working, ain't really been working. <laughs> Me That's a valid going, point. Me going out and DJing until three or four in the morning every weekend. It seemed like it was working, but it wasn't really working. Right. Not, you know, I was making some money at the time, but as far as like my overall health, mm-hmm. was I getting a proper rest? Absolutely not. Was I not, was I, you know, having a proper diet? Nope. <laughs> Waffle House at four in the morning ain't the best no. to, to my body. It feels <laughs> like it though at the time. Yeah. But I, that's just not the life to sustain, you know, over a, a long period of time. It's just not healthy, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, in all aspects. And, you know, but you don't see that at the time. You're thinking that my, my, my pocket is full of money. Mm-hmm. Everybody came in, had a great time. I'm doing great. Then you wake up and you hung over and, you know, you feel like crap for two days but you, you'll get up and do it all over again the very next weekend because you're thinking that this is what's working for me. Right. You know, but it takes somebody to point out like, uh, you know, we would like to see you here and coherent. Right. <laughs> you that's, know, like that's the part, <laughs> you know, we would like to see you here and coherent and like be a part of this, you know, like and not just sleep an entire day away. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to argue with. And there's other, you know, examples, of course, like, of course, everybody is not a DJ. Everybody doesn't have that exact example. But sometimes it takes other, you know, your, your wife or your husband to point something out that's really not working that you really thought was working. Like, mm-hmm. you know, something that about you that, you know, oh, man, this is me, though. You know why I got to change for you? I don't ask you to change for me when mm-hmm. you really do be asking them to change for you. That part. And, you know, you, you definitely do, you might really need to change for them. Mm-hmm. You definitely are asking them to change for you, especially if your behavior is suggesting to them that you need to change right. because you're basically telling them by your behavior, why don't you just accept this? Like, why don't you be OK? Exactly. So you're definitely trying to get them to change because you're telling them through your behavior, I'm not going to change. So maybe you should. And so it's that that there is a tug of war. Um, but what are the two things that you guys are really hitting on are, are these two concepts of uniqueness versus connectedness. 
Like I have a unique personality. I know who I am, or I hope that people would know who they are when they, by the time they get married, especially if you don't, then probably don't get married yet. That's just a good idea. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but the uniqueness aspect of it is, is that I'm, I'm an individual person. I have these unique things that I do that I, I, I conceptualize differently. I, I'm, I, I do certain things that I enjoy. I avoid certain things that I don't enjoy. This uniqueness piece really plays a major role in you know relating to your spouse because that's also how you get to the connectedness piece it's all of my uniqueness that makes her attracted to me it's all of her uniqueness that makes her attractive to me so you know those two things come together but oftentimes what people will do is say my uniqueness is what makes me an individual that will never work or never fly in a relationship. It's just not going to. And, you know, when it comes to marriage, like for me, for instance, I'll use the lighthearted example. Uh, when I, we first got married, I loved to golf. Guess what? At 21 years later, I'd love to golf. The difference now is, is that I don't need permission to do it like I did back then. Watch this, husbands. Listen to me. It's not about a permission in that I need to ask my wife is if it's okay. I needed early on in my relationship to know that she was okay with the amount of time that I was going to be taking away from us. It wasn't permission for me to golf. It was permission for me to be away from her in a formative period of our relationship. And it, it became a very big issue, a rubbing point to the extent that she does not like golf to this day because it took me away from her. It took resources out of the household, all of those things. However, 21 years later, I've learned how to do it in such a way that it doesn't disrupt our household. And so, you know, financially, I make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that everything's taken care of. That's not something that's going to take a place that take place if, if you know, the household is not taken care of. And then the secondary part of it is I go at a time when it's not a disruption to everything else that's going on in the house. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, I talk to her. It's like, are you good with me going and playing golf at two o'clock in the afternoon? Because it probably means I'm not going to get back till six or seven. Whereas right now I'll get up early in the morning. I'm at the golf course. And by the time I get home, they're just now waking up. And again, I use that as a lighthearted experience and explanation because it, I think it sticks and makes a, a certain point. Most people will say, oh, golf, that ain't nothing. That ain't no big deal. But if it causes tension in your relationship, then your uniqueness is having an impact on your connectedness. And you can't allow those two things to be in play at the same time. You really people, have to. Allow people that say, people that say golf ain't nothing don't know golf. Yeah. Because <laughs> golf bro, bro, is a bro. long game. You know, it's, it's, it's a long game if you play at the wrong times of the day, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's a you, whole day. Or if you play like me. <laughs> that's what i'm speaking we, we 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 take anthony anyway we like his company if nothing else he had some pretty smack dab awesome drives down the middle but that's a whole different podcast too it is um, we'll but it's a spinoff from the refresh podcast coming soon <laughs> refresh your golf swing coming in 2022 so don't look out for that bro don't be on the, don't be on the lookout for that <laughs> don't please Dude, don't definitely please. don't look for that Hey, but look, check this out. Don't, let me, let me hey, this don't, don't knock it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> let me toss this scripture in real quick so I, I can give some, some context and then back away again. Um, Genesis 2 and 22. This is the first time man is introduced to a woman. It says, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib 
and he brought her to the man. And this is what Adam's response was to. Yeah, I remember this, this. part from Baby Boy. He said, mm-hmm. at last. <laughs> at last. The man exclaimed. He said, at last. So Adam had been looking for something that was suitable for him. And he couldn't find it. But the one that acknowledged it in the scripture was God. And then he and this is what Adam described Eve to um, God as. He said, this is one this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And then he gave her the name woman because she was taken from a man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were, well, that went on to go to the next part. But more importantly, Adam knew what he was looking for and couldn't find it. And, but he didn't allow for his uniqueness because Adam was there with God before Eve ever showed up. And his uniqueness was, I have a relationship with God that's going to endure even further than my, my wife's relationship with God because she wasn't here in the formative period. So if, if you catch what I'm saying, it's like you can't get to a space in marriage where your uniqueness messes with your connectedness. Not, it can't mess with your connectedness with your wife. And it can't mess with your connectedness with God. And it first can't mess with your connectedness with God. And that's what Adam never allowed to have happen until, you know, the serpent tried to slide in there. And we can have a conversation about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to slip past Jonas's baby boy reference. We are going to acknowledge it. <laughs> and now we're going to move on. So. <laughs> Um, I'm playing that, my role amongst you learned, educated, <laughs> talking guys here. You know, I'm this the, guy graduated from Jackson State University. Don't the, let him play the you. the Jackson the. State University. I'm Seven and one in football overall, c- completely undefeated in the SWAC under Coach Prime. It is the Coach Prime era. So this marriage thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do have a question about the marriage. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just I was just going to say that uniqueness and that connectedness piece. I feel like and uh Jeff, I know we've beaten on your head as the uh, marriage and therapist, marriage and family therapist. It's uh it's the role coming. you play. I understand. Your day's coming. But the um uniqueness and the connectedness. So the connectedness part ends up being where I think men specifically um, fail in the sense that we let our uniqueness disturb our connectedness. Uh, I, I, I would feel like on all levels most of the yeah. time. And it's, and it's not because it seems to me, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that um, uh, women will have a more a more apt tendency to open themselves up to the connectedness part at the risk of losing their uniqueness. Um, and men will tend to be more on the unique side in order to, in some cases, and, and I know in mine, in many cases, to avoid a connectedness. And that, that avoidance is not necessarily always uh, with my relationship with my wife is actually rarely that more in a, a more social setting, but I would, uh, I have a tendency to be um, okay with my um, oneness as opposed to opening myself up to connectedness. 
And I feel, and I am not surprised then, especially with what you were saying then there, Jeffrey, um, how the two could end up conflicting or causing conflict in my marriage. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it, it, again, I used the word earlier and I kind of slid it in, but it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a very, very important thing. A marriage doesn't begin to experience pathological signs of, of, of decay until individuals within the relationship start pulling back from the relationship and focusing on me. That is the worst thing I've ever heard any married person say to me in counseling is when they come in and say, well, I think it's in time for me to focus on me. Not, no, friend, what got you here was the fact that you were focused on you. You mm-hmm. think it was because you were focused on a relationship and you weren't getting any benefits. But oftentimes the struggle, the fight, the tug of war, the dropping the bombs, whatever, is because you're pushing your unique ideas into the connected zone of the relationship. And so, yeah, it's very fair for you to have a perspective that says this is less comfortable for me. But in a relation, in a marriage, you don't get to say all the time what's comfortable versus what's uncomfortable. I I have a particular way of doing things. I'm 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 probably slightly OCD with the amount of demands that I make on my life in terms slightly. of order and organize organization. Slightly, um, and that issue plays major um, issues in our relationship when things aren't going the way I intend them to go, mm-hmm. because I don't know how to adapt to saying, "Oh, we freewheeling today. Let's freewheel." No, let's have a plan. Let's <laughs> stick to a plan. That's that's me. Um, and it's not to say that my wife doesn't stick to plans. She's very good. She's a very good planner. But I know that's my strength. When my uniqueness becomes the strength in the relationship, it helps. But when my uniqueness becomes the weakness in the relationship, it causes decay. And mm-hmm. the thing can fall apart real quick. So we have to be very, very keyed in on this one piece. You keep looking at those scriptures about Adam and Eve. And it says that Adam left his father and mother and cleaved to his wife. But what was who was the wife? Who was he cleaving to first? He was cleaving to God first. Then he starts cleaving to her and he takes his connectedness instead of making it about him. He takes his connectedness back to God. And that's the space where most men miss it. Now, look, if you don't, if you're not, you're not a believer, if you don't, you're not a Christian, and that, that's not something that even jives with you um, in terms of you know the spirituality aspect of it. Let me take it here. If you take your connectedness and you don't connect it to something greater than you as an individual, then you're gonna put yourself in strain where you try to dogmatically control the relationship from an emotional standpoint uh, uh, or, or whatever. It doesn't really matter financially or whatever. And those relationships have pathology almost always. There's either um, infidelity, there is um, some form of mistrust in there. There's a, it could be financial issues and strain um, and, and the worst of them all being uh, domestic violence. Every relationship that's not connected to something that's higher than the individuals oftentimes turns into having some form of pathology in one of those areas. Hmm. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. We'll be right back after these messages. 
I'm joking, but um, <laughs> like, it just it just seemed like the Jonah, area. Jonas needed to cut the tension. <laughs> it, yeah, it just seemed like the area. If it was on TV show, that they were cut to a commercial break. Go? So we should turn the conversation from pathology, though, because I, yeah. I, we're talking yeah. about a lot of the stuff that gets relationships in trouble. But I really think we got to talk about what makes a relationship really blossom and flourish. Um, well, I I think though what you're talk what you're saying. And acknowledging that those things are real help relationships flourish. Yeah, they do. They do. But then there's different in my mind. It's like it's two different sides of the field or it's two different sides of the, the farm, if you will. I have these things over here that I have to work on. And then I have these things over here on the other side of the farm that really take care of themselves. But I just need to put something into it. Um, so, you know, if I, if I use this farming analogy um, you have the side of the farm where all of the agriculture in terms of the livestock are. You have to feed them every day. You have to interact with them every day. That's the work part of relationship. But what makes relationship really flourish is the stuff that takes care of itself automatically. So that would, to me, would be like the orchard part or the, the planted farm part where you've got, you know, the, the, the vegetables or the fruit growing. It's the area of the fruit that most relationships want to stay in and they mm. struggle doing the work in the, you know, the pasture, so to speak. But I want to talk about the areas that makes it fruitful, that makes you, would make people want to be married because that's a, that's a big thing I see on social media right now. Like young people saying, you know, I'm done with relationships. For first, you ain't never been married, so you can't say you're completely done. Right. But more importantly, saying you're done with relationships because you had issues in the pastor side of the relationship and you never really experienced what it was like to be in the orchard. That's a big deal. Absolutely. I don't think that um, when you're young, you really even fully understand the full benefits of being married. Well, there's a big mm. one. I'm going to just say that. Undefiled. Undefiled. Because I'll tell you right now, you can pay <laughs> me enough to go back to single life. You hear me? Sorry. After being married for nine years, I got a couple buddies that uh we joke about that like online all the time. Like, this what y'all going through <laughs> in the single field? While y'all trying to act like you know y'all just partying and having the, the uh, having a blast? Like, I see right through all of it. Yeah, I see yeah. I see through your Facebook pictures. I see through <laughs> your Instagram stories. I see through your Twitter posts. I see through all of it, and you cannot pay me enough to go back. To that single lifestyle. I mean, you just cannot. There's nothing appealing about it. No, nah, not anymore. Not anymore. Not, not at this. Not at this stage. Like no. absolutely nothing appealing about it. Um, the it, you talk about what's the the fruits of the labor, Jeff. The support. It's like it's unwavering. The um, conversations that I didn't need to know that I didn't even know I needed to have the yeah. um the pat on the back the uh the back rub <laughs> there are just <laughs> all of the rubbing look here they're just <laughs> you're about to take like, a refresh look, after dark boom. coming in 2022 look, 22 right after that uh refresh your golf swing yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh like just God. Like little, it's little moments that you have with your, uh, with your spouse that, uh, going, going out on dates, uh, splurging every now and then 
on the date, on uh, on a gift, like seeing someone on a regular basis that's happy to see you. Yes. Uh, most of the time. <laughs> uh, it's just. But it's more like, than the single people. So. <laughs> legit. Because, you know, sometimes I, I don't necessarily, I like to leave my work at work and my home separate because I don't want whatever's happening at work to negatively impact what's happening at mm. home. We could touch on um, that one a whole nother day. That's a whole nother could. topic in itself. But that ask, how was your day? I miss it when it doesn't happen. And I, <laughs> that's something that I don't know if I would have ever admitted before talking to y'all right now. Yeah. Like it's, it's more important, even because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, even though I sound like I'm talking a lot, I'm not that much of a talker. Mm-hmm. Um. And so oftentimes I'll just say it was good or it was fine or could have been better or just like single, like short answers. She'll get it. She'll she'll know how to respond and how to react to it. And the simple fact that someone knows me that well, like that's what you're talking about, uh, Jonas, not knowing what the benefit. I did not expect that. Like someone knowing me that well, that yeah. she knows yeah. when to say and do more and when to say and do less that's heavy that's heavy like you <laughs> said but people would never know that they no. never jumped into it or had um, right or just been privy to having people in uh marriages that they could pick the brain of to even see you know the best parts ask them what okay like what you like about being married nobody yeah. asks anybody that you know, married people ask other married people that we don't ask it in that way. We ask them like, hey, you know, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? That's you know, we, and, and then we swap notes. Hey, you know, we're doing like this. We're doing this when we're doing that. But, you know, the, the single people don't really ask the married people that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You know, like a Facebook, you ain't going to get that off a of Facebook post because the married folks don't even interact with most of the single folks on Facebook. It's like two different in- worlds. Intentionally, bro. Intentionally. <laughs> Show no leave because we see what y'all doing. Bruh. And Bruh. we don't want none of that. No. So. <laughs> no, no, no. But Jonas, um, you bring up a great question before you go into your next statement. What what do you like about being married? Um, a lot of what Anthony said and just um just the teamwork, man. I don't want to I don't think that we are meant to go through this thing alone. You know, like when you're having a great day, you have somebody not only that you can tell about it, but that wants to hear about it. And and also when you've had a bad day, you have somebody that you can tell about it and they want to hear about that too and help you get through that. So you have somebody to help you get through the tough times and to help you celebrate the, 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 the great times. And when I look around and see people who uh, uh, go extra for the attention, you can tell that they don't have any, anyone designated to share those type of moments with good or bad. Mm-hmm. So they dump it all on social media. And I don't necessarily fault them for it, but because I see what it is. And right. if you were to point it out to them, you know, you might start a fight. <laughs> but, you know, when you have someone that you don't have to go to social media for everything, you know, you have someone that you look at them and you be like, they don't want to have another kid. And then you look at your kids and be like, no, nah, I'm good. 
Yeah. You had that moment. <laughs> or or your 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 wife looks at the kids and is like, now nah, we good. Now nah, we good. <laughs> I, my Just, lip immediately formed the F and I had to stop myself. I was like, <laughs> stop immediately, sir. You're trying but to I'm get us you. a, you're trying to get us an hey. explicit rating on this. Uh, <laughs> but you're talking to somebody that has shut down the baby factory. So of course uh, I know. <laughs> if there's anybody done. that knows, I know. But, Y'all gonna have some work to do in order to have another kid. Exactly. Huh, no, no, we're not. <laughs> Because it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> the work has been done. So, with that being said, it's just that feeling of yeah, I made children with this person, and I don't regret it. Like these, like that, we did that. Yeah. You know, like we came together and we did that thing. Yeah. And having all of that to share, and then you look at people who don't, and it's you know they might have chosen to live their life that way, and that's fine. But just to have a partner through this whole thing called life. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Jeff, you, if you go back to um, to that Adam text. Right. Real quick. Also, um, it's great to have somebody to put down for an emergency contact. All right. There it continue. Is. <laughs> going back, to, going back to that Genesis text. <laughs> he God says it is not good for a man to be alone. To be alone, which means that anyone that's saying that I was I'm, I'm supposed to be single unless they heard it from God directly. You're violating a God command. Now, here's the deal. God does call Enoch's. For those of you who do not spend any time in church or don't understand who Enoch is, Enoch was a eunuch. He did not get married. He was a guy. No, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch was a guy who did not get married. In fact, he allowed himself to put himself in a position where he could no longer ever have children. Um, And he was doing that. So he could dedicate his life to the Lord. Here's the deal. If you're dedicating your life to the Lord, Mm. then being single is okay because you're not single. Your partner is God. However, if for whatever reason, you just don't want to be in a relationship because relationships don't work out for you. You're the problem. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I was Call just about me, to say, that sounds me. like the people that don't want to fix whatever it you're is going on with themselves. You're, you're the problem. Be a like, correct partner for somebody. Exactly. You're the problem. You're. It's not because relationships don't work. You choose not to work them. You know, again, that's the part of being in the pasture of the relationship where you got to tend to something. Whereas, you know, we're, we're talking about these benefits, man. Like, I love being married to my wife, man. It's like, there's nothing like a corny joke that only she and I get that makes us laugh for mo- for, for a long period of time. And then the, then the night just goes on from there. It just gets sillier. And we, we enjoy that. I, I enjoy um, where I'm at in life because where I'm at in life is because of her. I had a vision and a dream to go to a particular school to get this master's degree to practice marriage and family therapy for the primary purpose of being a better pastor. But I kept bringing it up to the point where she was like, look, don't talk about it anymore until you apply or you don't apply. You got to make a choice. And it was that push that caused me to say, well, I guess I got to take this risk because I don't have the person that I would, would normally talk about the dream with anymore. Now I got to put this thing into reality. Mm-hmm. And that 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 right there is a fruit. I mean, you don't get that from a girlfriend or you don't get that from a side piece. For those of y'all who think y'all got to have those, too. You just don't. You got to you, you only get that from the person like Anthony said, that knows you so intimately. They know how to dot your eyes and cross all your T's and you didn't even know you needed it. 
it's like I was saying earlier with um the, to the fact, well, you alluded to me saying earlier about um changing things about yourself that you didn't know you needed to change. So mm-hmm. like you said, you've been talking and talking and talking about it, about um making sure you went to this school so that you could be a minister and whatnot. But you thought that just talking about it was going to make it work one day. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Until someone came along was like, look, all you've been doing is talking. Yeah. You're not just someone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but that woke you up like, oh, I have been talking about this a lot. Why haven't I applied yet? Okay. Yeah. Watch Let me this. go on and apply. Watch this, Joe. She understood. I'm about to be real super spiritual for y'all that if y'all not ready for this, then just mute it right now or click 10 seconds ahead. But she knew the vision of God on my life better than I did. And so she knew the only way for me to attain the vision of God on my life was for her to say, do what you're seeing you're supposed to do. Stop talking to me about it. You've heard it clearly. Now go and execute. And that was huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, That is one of the, uh, that, that motivating piece. I didn't even get, I didn't even touch on that. That, that um, you're okay. Like you can do this. Keep going. Yeah. Just being a good dad. That's huge. Yeah. I got this. Y'all won't see it. My shirt say best husband since September 2006 and it's all true <laughs> um, but I would not have even given myself that title she gave me that title like that motivation <laughs> to, keep work, to keep what working to keep working on it. like I I threw this shirt on for today for today to for this conversation because I was legit look I to stunt. she's trying to show the guns no what I, I mean I mean they there it's a gun it is a gun show but it's the best best husband system. When she gave me this shirt, I, I'll be honest, I can't. Um, she gives me something like this on a uh, some sort of anniversary on an anniversary. She knows I like I like wear t shirts and whatnot um, when I'm lounging. So she'll give me like a novelty t shirt uh, for an anniversary or birthdays and Christmas and all that. And when she gave me this, like she never had to give me this t shirt. And I can guarantee you there are times when she does not believe <laughs> this, this T-shirt. But the fact that she thought about it, the fact that she, um, and I don't know if she had it made or if she saw it online and was like, I need to get that for, for my husband. But Alicia Sanders is uh, just that kind of a encourager. Like her, one of her primary gifts is just to encourage you um, to bring a smile to your face, to bring you, make you laugh. She's like, go on and don't, bro. Go on and don't, bro. <laughs> get, your, get your points. Go for it. My, yes. like that, that motivator, like she is my, like she was a cheerleader in high school. I will, I will challenge anybody to find a more cheerful and uplifting and cheering on encouraging type of person than Alicia Sanders. It's like, and I don't tell her enough, frankly. I'm going to tell her soon, though. 
See what I'm saying? This guy. Why, why did you? Why? <laughs> we, <laughs> you were doing so good. I was applauding everything before that. <laughs> right. Because he's. No, I'm a. I'm a. Because he's. Because he's Anthony Sanders. That's why. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the Refresh Podcast. So he had to throw the, the heartthrob uh, voice oh, on yeah. us. <laughs> oh no! Right. Like we need that. This ain't for y'all. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you said who it's for. <laughs> we're just the medium. That we're the bystanders for the medium. Really, it's y'all fault. Y'all shouldn't have said yes to this co- to this podcast. Y'all should have said, "Well, you gonna talk about something else." Well, not we we, we were until you decided to be all sultry. Well, yeah. Ebony Adams is a pretty cool gal herself. <laughs> 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 No, she, but just, she's a better just, cheerleader, and she <laughs> she also a high school cheerleader. So how about that? Yeah, man, be just careful who you're of, challenging. Look, <laughs> that, that that kind of motivation though, just having that encouragement, it's it's unmatched. And I could not imagine getting through this thing that uh, we call life without that kind of a, of a support, without that kind of encouragement. Again, that that uh, you got this. You you can do right. this keep going you don't realize how much how much you needed that until you get it because man i've already touched on the fact that life has you know delivered a steel toe boot to my (laughs) keister you know these last (laughs) few years so you know the only reason i've ever been able to get through it is mrs ebony adams Mm -hmm. because there's been times i've been down 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 and she was there to help me get up 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 Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine the people who have gone through some of these trials and tribulations that life will just give you sometimes. And all they had to rely on is themselves. Or social media, like you've mentioned. <laughs> yeah, or social media, because they looking for somebody to, you know, help them pick themselves back up. But, you know, yeah. it's just to have somebody who knows when to help you and also somebody that you will go through the fire to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you don't even realize that, you know, like, man, I'm linked up to somebody I'll jump in front of a train for. Legit. Like, you know, real life. Like, that's not my child. You know, like this is another <laughs> human being. You know, everybody could talk about that, talk that type of talk when they're talking about their children. But to talk about another full blown adult that you want to let no harm come to, you know, mentally or physically or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a different type of love. Like, yeah, I'm going to make sure that this person is doing well. I'm going to make sure that this person does not feel like they have to go through these problems alone. You know, yeah. and this person is also making sure that I don't have to go through these problems alone either. Like, man, are you kidding me? That's worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really no putting on type of amount. It's priceless. That. And there's no amount of words like they haven't invent, invented enough words to properly, you know, uh, praise that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just you know, glad that God and Adam said, yeah, this ain't this, this ain't meant to be this alone stuff ain't, <laughs> ain't what it is, Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, absolutely. For real, for real. Like, that's my marriage license in the background. You know who framed it? You yeah. did because it's crooked. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just been crooked through moving and whatnot. But yeah, Miss Ebony Adams put that up there and she cherishes yeah. that thing. Of course, when she did it, I was like, What you doing that for? Like, what's it, really? Okay. Yeah, I hang it up. No problem. But it's but it's important. It is. It's a it's a good reminder. It's like, you know, you see folks put degrees on their wall and bingo. Uh, 
It's like, what is important to you? This. Yep. <laughs> this is the yep. stuff that's important to me. And it's in the middle of two wedding photos. Well, one is a wedding photo and one is our five-year anniversary to back to uh-huh. the Bahamas where we took our honeymoon there. When we did okay. our honeymoon. It's dope. That's if dope. you uh, got one of your groomsmen in that uh, wedding photo, then I know it's dope. You said what now? I said, if one of your groomsmen was in that wedding photo, then I know it's dope. I mean, you know, that's not the focus. I don't know who's in the background. <laughs> don't matter. It don't matter who in the background. We know who the focus is in that picture. That's Me, I'm, 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 the, the, I'm the groomsman that I was referencing. Super dope Adam's couple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Y'all, um, in, man, my, I, y'all in my picture. I'm just... um, real quick, another question for the marriage expert. Um, I've been expert. seeing... The, Good old uh, more more than these other two. Uh, <laughs> you have studied it. Yeah, exactly. we just ex- we just experienced it. It is your profession. I'll take that. Your way to make a living. So uh, I've been seeing a whole bunch of uh, you know, it, it's not communication. Is that's the key? It's the comprehension. And when I hear that, I thought that commun- comprehension was a part of communication you know, as far as relationships. So isn't that included in communication? Making sure that someone that, you know, in regards to marriage, we're related to marriage. Um, Absolutely. Isn't comprehension part of communication? Making sure that you communicate things in a way that they can comprehend and understand? Absolutely. Okay, so that's not just me that sees that and kind of like squints. I've, never, I've not seen it, but I, I would I would imagine that Facebook knows I'm a marriage and family therapist and would comment on all of that idiotic stuff. Because <laughs> communications absolutely include, to communicate means that I'm sharing something and somebody's encoding it and re- receiving it. And so it's not about comprehension. If you're stupid enough to say something that somebody else don't understand, explain yourself. I mean, that's simple. It's just that simple. And I said it, and I'm saying it kind of harshly with intent for anyone that's out there that's saying, well, he doesn't hear me or he doesn't listen to me. At what point are you going to try and help him hear you? At what point are you trying going to try and help her listen to you? And at the end of the day, you know, and, and this is a shameless plug. I'm in California. So if you're in California, you can call me. I'll help you. Um, but th- Counseling is a big part of developing those communication skills to a point where you don't have to wonder whether or not he can comprehend. If he can comprehend and he's still doing craziness, y'all need therapy. If he can't comprehend, though, because you're not being communicative or you're not clearly stating what your expectations are or desires are or whatever it is that you're trying to get across, then you have to keep talking about it. But don't use the same language. That's like talking to somebody in Spanish and they only understand Japanese. It doesn't make sense. At some point, you're going to either have to pick up some Japanese or go out and get someone that can translate from Spanish Mm -hmm. to Japanese. I'm the translator. I'm more than happy to sit down with couples and help you translate what you're both trying to communicate to each other. Because Can't that's even know you knew Spanish and Japanese. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Jack of Jack of many trades. Rosetta no, I Stone, baby. I don't know either. I know English, but I know the language of 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 relationships. Um, and it, you you sometimes can't get through a, a communication barrier without getting a professional involved. And let me start and tell you some tears to this, so that you can be very clear. It's okay to talk to a non-biased 
outside informant to get their perspective. Your best friend cannot be non-biased. So I don't talk to Anthony about what's going on between Yarnell and I. First and foremost, I know he can be biased, but he's going to beat up on me. And I, oh, I definitely will. Real, real quick, y'all, y'all didn't see Anthony's face. So um, Anthony's face was one that said, I don't want you to talk to me about your marriage. I mean, that's real, too. That's real, too. <laughs> but if I but talk I'm, to Anthony. I'm coming after, Anthony, I'm coming after be, Jeff. He's coming. He's coming at me. And so I need him. I need someone that's going to be objective so that they can hear both sides of the story that I present to them and tell me that I'm wrong. So your best friend can't be that for you. Your girlfriend can't be that for you. Uh, first tier, first line of defense is talk to a trusted adult or a trusted uh, person that's been married for a long time. Uh, maybe they're, you're connected to them in your faith community. Maybe you're connected to them somewhere else. But someone that's been there that you know you can trust is going to give you positive and responsive feedback. If you can't get it there, if you got a pastor or a faith leader, go to them. But then let me tell you the limits of going to a pastor. I, while I am a marriage and family therapist, if someone comes to me with a pathological issue within their relationship, I'm not the right source to come to as their pastor. I'm going to tell you, you need to go get some marriage counseling from someone that does this for a living because I can't pastor you and counsel you. So there's the key. Your pastors may know how to guide you spiritually and may help you be able to get through a slight or small impasse. But if you need repeated counseling, I recommend getting a therapist, top line therapist, someone that's a marriage and family therapist, someone that you're going to spend more than just a couple of sessions with to talk about whatever the challenge of communication is, someone that's skilled in understanding, and they're going to be non-biased. Those are those, those are keys to be able to work through those things. If you're not committed to even trying counseling men, and I'm saying it to men mostly because most of the time the women that come to me say they are. So I've only seen it one way for the most part. Men, if you're not willing to commit to counseling because you don't want people in your business, then you should probably fix whatever she's saying you need to fix, period. That's just what it is when it comes to marriage. But sometimes, just like our cars need a tune-up, our relationships need a tune-up. And the best place to do that is to get someone that can give you sound counseling, spend some money on it because it's an investment in the relationship, and get that tune-up. It's good for you. You know, and 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 don't feel like you you've got to have a problem to go to a therapist. You know, sometimes you can just see that the issue is starting to occur. Okay, let's go now. Let's go before it becomes a problem. I mean, like if you get you you have a a, a slight throb in your tooth, but it's not quite a toothache, you're gonna go see the dentist and get that cavity filled before you have to get a root canal. I mean, or get it extracted. You know, you see what I'm saying? There's levels to everything that's needed. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of my um, soapbox for that, because so many couples are seeking the advice of other couples or their friends or the worst place to ever go get it is your mama or your daddy or your brother or your sister. The worst place to go because they're going to choose your side, period. Not, they're not they, mine. My mama chooses her side all the time. And my daddy does, too. <laughs> I appreciate that, but if it's a very, very egregious issue, but it's something that both of y'all have a part in, they have a stake in you more than they have a stake in her. And even after 16 years of marriage, they you do. Tell, you tell them that. <laughs> I, I would I would recommend talking to anybody but family. You I just don't it. want them in the middle. You don't. No, um, I, I, I tend not to talk uh, to them, but my mom, 
but my parents are um, kind of, well, my grandparents first on my mom's side, and then my parents, because they seem to be modeling their marriage after after my my grandparents. My grandparents were married for over 50 years. My parents just celebrated their 49th year of being married and I was going to ask you about that. Like, yeah, how does that feel to be able to witness this? Man, I, again, it's, it's, I know the uniqueness of, um, of my experience, but seeing such long lasting, uh, relationships is kind of what motivates me to, to continue on, honestly. And a lot, I mean, outside of all of the positive things about being married, when those when we do hit a bump in the road, um, one of the things that says don't give up on this is seeing such long lasting relationship. Yeah, because like, we don't I, and we don't have many examples. No, anymore of long lasting marriages. You know, not no. not when we are bombarded with so many uh, examples of marriages that didn't last or yeah. people that just called it quits you know, too early, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, look at all, look at all these, uh, like we're in the age of social media. So, um, on social media, you'll see marriages, like uh, particularly of celebrities yeah, that, um, start off with a spark. And then, you know, obviously we're not knowing what's going on in their homes. We're just seeing the, what's, what's public and everybody's all confused in two, three years when they get a divorce, even if they have three, four kids together, they suddenly yeah. get divorced. And so you get surprised when you see these celebrity marriages that go more than five years, more than a decade. You're like, how, like, that's strange to a lot of people. Cause you, cause a lot of folks are not able to see that for whatever reason, maybe they um, saw marriages fail. Maybe their families never were big on marriage. Um, and then are their peers, end up not being very big on marriage. Um, and I don't hang out with nobody that's single. I know, I kind of, I kind of know people that are single, but a very peripheral way. Uh, but I look to people, other marriages like y'all's. And of course, like I said, my parents, cause they've just, they've just been doing it. And I've seen them struggle. I've seen them struggle to uh, raise four kids. Um, in a suburb of Chicago and, you know, in a not always friendly environment. And I, I saw them do it and I saw them do it successfully. And I see them now go through some struggles as they age. Yeah. But still like. <laughs> still somehow my, work it out. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, last year was the, the, through the pandemic. Both my parents went through some health issues unrelated to COVID, ironically. Um, but as my father was getting ready to go through, was going through his, my mother's started to manifest a little bit. And she, and she gonna kill me for even bringing it up, but she like told people, y'all got to get me better so that I can take care of my husband. Mm. Like that kind of, that kind of life. <laughs> right. Wow. Like, <laughs> like that kind of commitment. And and that was, you know, going, they were going on their 48th year, that kind of commitment, man, couldn't, you can't get me. You, you'd have to, what, my wife won't have to leave me because right. <laughs> I, because the other way ain't happening. Mm-mm. 
I hear you on that. I, we have a we have a standing agreement about how you leave this marriage. Uh, I won't tell you one way. The only way <laughs> they both result in death. <laughs> okay, and so that's just that's just it. Uh, the the Lord is going to come and get us. That's you hear the, me? You know, that's the end of it. Um, that's where I'm at with it. If 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 you decide that you think you've been to bounce out of here. Like there's, I'm not going to make it easy for you to leave. Like uh-uh. I'm not opening the door. I ain't you know? signing a single paper. Not a single paper. If you want to, you're going to have to convince them that this, I'm insane. That's and I'm it. clearly insane, but I'm insane for you. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Check this out. Let me show this thing out, man. Because I know we got to get close to wrapping up. I know uh-huh. we've said some, some such amazing stuff about marriage. And I think this is a continuation conversation that we should have again real soon and invite our spouses on to do it. Because I think we need to get their perspective of us um, and let the world know that, yo, while we're talking about our wives, we are actually truly taking us like we're, this is not an idea. This is not something we're conceptually talking about. We're actually talking about real life. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can have a part two of this the next time we record and invite our wives on to record with us so that we can uh, have this conversation um, so that it's not so one sided because, you know, there's some stuff. If you're ever married, you'll know this. There's some stuff that a husband will miss that a wife will catch. And there's some stuff that a wife will miss that a husband will catch. So you want to really see us doing our thing, put our wives next to us. We will probably shut up, but that's what it is. I'm afraid (laughs) of that conversation. Low key. I'm not afraid of it, but at the same time, it's going to, I know it's going to be Y'all are lying to yourselves. I'm not afraid of it. (laughs) I'm not even afraid. I mean, like, I got 21 years of the game. What you going to do? What you going to say that I ain't already heard? It's it's more like, it's not an an afraid thing. It's like, okay, I'm ready for whatever it is. You know, I I, I run to. You can't prepare. How about that? That's that's the thing. Y'all know know me. I'm a prepared man. Like there's very little. If y'all ever are, if if I'm ever quiet, like when I'm quiet on this podcast, I am preparing what I'm going to say when it's my turn to talk (laughs) in conversation. I'll go through long pauses yeah, (laughs) because I am preparing what's coming out of my mouth. There is a preparedness that that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's the, the <laughs> y'all talk about uniqueness and the things that get me in trouble. That gets <laughs> <laughs> those long pauses. Like, we'll say look, something. <laughs> it's loading. It's, look, <laughs> it's loading. I want to try to say the right thing. Blah, it's blah, blah. loading. I, I can't. When, I, I, look, can't. <laughs> I cannot be my my wife. Like y'all, y'all. We're not. We're not direct opposites. Like it ain't. I'm a plus Yo, and she's a minus. I was gonna but, get into that. We are so different from each other. And she like. Okay. That's refreshing to hear because my wife and I are the exact opposites. (laughs) The exact opposite of each other. That makes three of us. Wow. That's all three of us. Wow. All three of our relationships. That gives me so much. That gives me. My counterbalance for real. Yin and yang. Man, that makes me feel so much better because yeah, I be yeah. thinking sometimes, you know, like you you'll get in your own head. Like, are we too different? Mm-hmm. No. You know, but you need those. You know, you need that balance. You really it's not even really it's not even to say that my wife is like an unprepared person with what she does in life. She can't be like flying by the seat of the pants with everything. But uh, she will definitely 
be different <laughs> in just about every aspect. I love my sister. I yeah. love my sister. Hey, it's real what, quick. It's what drew me to her. Real quick, when you were bringing, nobody was talking about your parents' marriage and them being married for 49 years. Yeah. Um, I found it really interesting how, you know, we just went to homecoming. Um, my wife and I went to homecoming at the Jackson State University. Yeah, and you, you know, you mentioned that before. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we were um, brought the kids to the campus the first time. Usually we'll go hang out on my campus. You know, I see all my friends and she'll see a bunch of her friends and we all just hanging out, kicking and catching up. And this time we brought our kids and we ran into so many people at all these events that were like, wow, so y'all really still doing it, huh? Wow. As in regards to our marriage and how long we've been married, you know, this is nine years, next year be 10. And, but when we thought about it, we were like, are we one of the last couples left? You know, wow. like, you know, you had people that brought their kids to the, to the campus and whatnot, but you know, not, there were definitely some people we saw who aren't married anymore or mm -hmm. just relationships that are no longer together. And it's like, the way we were just talking about Anthony's parents being married 49 years is the way some people look at me and Ebony and we've only stuck it out for nine. It's people <laughs> that come up to us and it's like, man, man, we're just happy to see that y'all still out here doing it, man. Y'all still, y'all still holding it together, man. Y'all still married. Y'all here with y'all kids, man. Y'all keep it up, man, because woo, my marriage, woo. And they don't go into no specifics, but you know, it's just, they, that's all they hit us with. It's like, man, because my relationship, this is men and women. Wow. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I'd be wanting to say to them, like, you probably could have. Mm -hmm. Like it, because, you know, me and my wife ain't had no, just all, we ain't just skipping through the park every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it hasn't been just, you know, paradise, but it's been so many great times in our marriage. When we got to those rough times, we knew that this was worth sticking it out. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was I that caused it, whether it was her that caused it, because, you know, like I said, we, we're super opposite and we don't see things the same at all, ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we come together and make this thing work somehow. And, you know, it's just love that makes it work. But. Yeah. You know, we haven't um, unlocked some type of secret. You know, we didn't go online and Google the cheat code. You know, we didn't have a game up, up, genie. Down, down. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have a. a you know, we didn't left put right, a code in. Right. We didn't yeah. put the code in before the marriage started. You know, before the before the the, the game menu came That's on. It. You know, we didn't do any of that stuff, man. We just decided we was going to be dedicated to each other. And we was going to work out whatever it is that crossed our path. And I don't think enough people think about it like that. They think about, I'm going to get married to this person and it's going to be perfect. No, it's just, that, that ain't it, man. Like, you know, with me and Ebony, we have our tough times and we just work this stuff out. You know, or we just, you know, do our best to see it from, you know, the other person's point of view. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've gone to sleep angry. You know, like, you know, they tell you, don't go to bed angry. I don't believe in that because I don't think it's realistic. You know, some problems aren't over in that, you know, by the end of that 30 minute episode, like the sitcoms teach you, mm -hmm. you know, just, you have to be some, willing to. Sometimes it's a to be continued. Sometimes it's a to be continued until next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, they'll work, you know, we work it out on maybe over the next couple, two, three episodes. Mm 
mm-hmm. but we work it out. But you know, but no, we out. didn't. We didn't figure it out in the three and a half minute commercial break. We didn't. Sorry, you know, yeah. we, we it took us a few episodes, but we got. Mind you, that scripture that people refer to when it says, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath," you do understand there's a difference between anger and wrath. Mm-hmm. Anger says, I have an emotional issue. Wrath says, I got to do something about it. And so you're not, you you can go to bed angry. Just don't go to bed wrathful because you might mm-hmm. not, You if, if, if there, there's something about wrath that says, I have to execute on something. Mm-hmm. That's what, when you look at the scriptures, you go through all of the Bible. Anytime God was wrathful, he did something. <laughs> okay. When he yeah. was angry, he spoke to a prophet or a man of God or a woman of God and said, you better tell him. I'm angry. Mm. But when he became wrathful, he did something. Mm -hmm. So don't let the sun go down in your wrath, but you find on the anger part. So just so all y'all know, clarification into the pastor. Clarification. I can't can't go to bed angry because it'll keep me up and I need to sleep. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I can sleep through mine. Oh, I can't. Now, I I think too, sometimes people get it confused, not just with uh, the difference between anger and wrath, but I think it gets confused with um, resolution. Yeah, I mean, you want, uh, resolution sometimes may not come for months, man, years. I, I was going to say that I don't want to exaggerate. But you're there's, right. There's some there's some things that took us um, a long time to get through, and it, it like it wasn't quick at all. Right. Like you talk about episodes, I'm talking about seasons, bro. <laughs> talk about <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Like it, it's just because, and Jonas, you defined what I believe marriage to be like making that dedication and just like saying, no matter what, this is going to happen. Like, like the us, the, uh, by the, this is, I mean, us, we gonna happen. Like no matter, no, come what may, we gonna happen. (laughs) And just remembering that, you know, you got their best interests at heart. Yeah. You know, removing it, the, the malice. Like look, I'm not trying to intentionally hurt nobody. Mm-mm. You know, but accidents often do that, happen. <laughs> yeah, often though that uh, that that we gonna happen dedication. It's yeah. selfish because I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> I told y'all already. <laughs> I need her. You know, I, I need to be able to come home and not take anything out on her because that's a that's abuse. Yeah. But to allow, that's it. But to, you know, I need that in my life. And boy, without it. Mm-mm. We ain't doing it. Ain't no without mm, we're talking about. Ain't no. Ain't, exactly. Ain't no without. No, it. Point, no point in trying to even conceptualize what it looks like without because exactly. that's what exactly that's why I said we without it. And then. That. If if I was typing without it, it would have had some ellipses at the end of them, them three dot, dots. dots. Yep. It had that dot because ain't nothing ain't nothing there. I don't know what to say after that. Cause exactly. I don't know what that would be. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm definitely glad we didn't leave that part out of the conversation before mm-hmm. I made the segue to close because that all of that stuff, if you didn't, if you just came in on the tail end of the conversation, you got the gist of everything we talked about in that little five minutes right there. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to I want to wrap it up with this and I'm, I'm not going to take a long time. You can email me about your questions about what I'm about to say, because these this is the controversy scripture of of the Bible when it comes to marriage. I'm Uh-oh. just telling 
telling you, it is what it is. So email me. You can um, tweet us. You can text us. Well, you can't text us. You can email us, tweet us. Um, you can Instagram us, whatever. Reach out. Let us know um, what you think about this. But there's a scripture in Ephesians 5, starts at verse 21, and it simply mm-hmm. says these words, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as of as to the Lord. I'm going to jump over a bunch of stuff there because I'm not going to say the most controversial part, but it does say submit to your husbands. And then it says for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Why is this controversial? Because nobody in their right mind wants to commit or submit to somebody else unconditionally. Marriage is about an unconditional commitment and and, and submission to one another, saying, I'm willing to be in this regardless, just like we were saying. That word submission translates to coming up under, ladies, which means that your husband actually is going to put you in a position to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically, and hopefully financially too. But you have to come up under that le- that leadership because that's what God ordained him to do. Husbands, that also means that you have to learn how to submit to God and you mm-hmm. have to be the protection of her. You have to take care of her. The word husband means house band when it's tra- translated into Greek. He's the one who brings the house together. He bands it all together. Without the husband, without the wife, there is no marriage. And without marriage, well, there's just really not a whole lot that you can do in a relationship besides, besides hopefully get there. So my thoughts and my prayers for you are simply this, that you learn how to submit in the most healthy and effective ways. And husbands, you learn how to take care and take pure control of the household from a godly standpoint without trying to lord it over her. That's That's your goal. That's your goal. So blessings to you. I appreciate you joining us today. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Thanks for having this conversation with me, brothers. Yeah. Thank you. Because indeed we'll we'll probably have it more offline. Not today, but you know, we <laughs> call each other, text each other, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, always, always take advantage but... of this free marriage advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's free today. <laughs> it's free today. <laughs> I can't counsel y'all and, and charge you for it. So therefore I you don't get advice from me. <laughs> Me too. Oh man. <laughs> Better watch how I live and hope I got it right because I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna say something if I text you. <laughs> You're probably oh, right. Man. Probably right. Follow us on all the social medias. You want to give them the social medias, man? Uh Instagram, the refresh podcast on Instagram. It's the at the refresh podcast on uh Facebook. It's at the refresh podcast on Twitter. We also have a email address. It is the refresh podcast at writeme w-r-i-t-e dot com. That's remember right. W-R-I-T-E dot com. I got it right this time. <laughs> you on the roll, man. You been on the roll today. You smoked this episode, man. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag like, winning. <laughs> Once again, we appreciate y'all checking us out. Appreciate y'all tuning us in. We appreciate you guys that have been sharing our podcast with your friends yeah. and family and cohorts and colleagues and whatnot. Thank you. Thank you. For that, especially because, you know, we're trying to, you know, slow, uh, slow roll this thing on out. So, and we all know that word of mouth, you know, there's nothing stronger than that. So when you guys want to 
say, hey, I think uh, such and such would enjoy this, man. Don't even think that long going to just send it to them. Shoot it to them in the text, click the share button, click the repost, the retweet, whatever that you happen to be on and whatever medium that you happen to catch this on, um, you know, just share it on there for us. We appreciate you, man. We're just three grown black men trying to figure this thing out. What is this thing that we're particularly talking about? Whatever thing this episode is that you listen to, (laughs) you know, whichever topic that we're jumping on at the time, all the things, all the things. things. Yeah. All of it, man. We're just trying to figure this thing on out. So please don't um, be afraid to uh, shoot us uh, show suggestions. Yeah. We have a long list. Yeah. Questions, you know, anything that you want to know more about us in particular, you know, or if there's anything that you want us to chime in on, any questions on this, that, and the third, man, please, please feel free to use that email address or to hit us up on social media in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We will be uh, more than welcome. Well, we, we'll be just more than happy to uh, to address that, whatever it is That's that it. you're thinking about. So, yeah, until next time, ladies. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.